City National Bank, working to help businesses, entrepreneurs, and their families for over 60 years. City National Bank, the way up. Learn more at cnb.com. You know what? Never mind. Bill, how you doing, brother? Ryan, it is terrific to be with you. Friday night, NBA season at the quarter pole. Always a pleasure breaking it down. No doubt, man. And you know what? You're up there in Sacktown. Uh, Sacramento Kings making a little noise this year. Uh, hanging in there. Uh, give me, a, you know, just you're your, your right up there. You got your finger on the pulse. I mean, you know, we see what De'Aaron Fox is doing. Buddy Heel leading the way. Uh, Marvin Bagley, the third. Th- these kids can play a little bit. Well, you know what, Ryan? I have to start by saying I know absolutely nothing because I did not see this coming, and I'm not alone. But, you know, to Dave Yeager's credit, uh, they are playing with an identity and with a purpose. And the Aaron Fox told this to the Sacramento Bee that, you know, when you have an identity, uh, you know, you know what to expect and you know how to play every night. And this pace has served them well. Uh, they've got good young talent. Now, of course – uh, it's been a little choppy of late, and their defense ha- is trending towards reckless. You know, you can't give up 133 in your own building, right. uh, losing to the Clippers last night. And prior to last night, the prior six games, they're 2-4, and four, 24th in the NBA in defensive rating, 24th in opponent field goal percentage, 26th in opponent three-pointers made per game, and 28th in points allowed per game. But as you said, You know, Fox has been sensational. He's really the stick stirring the drink for the Kings. Uh, So it's been a really good story uh, and and a surprise, I may add, for Sacktown. Yeah, for sure. Who's the leader of that squad, Bill? I think it's De'Aaron Fox. You know, it's it's interesting because a year ago, August, I thought that De'Aaron Fox could win Rookie of the Year. Uh, because he would get the minutes, he would get the opportunity, and he has really come back strong in this his sophomore year for him. And I think that, you know, he's a charismatic guy. He's the face of the franchise. And, and certainly, you know, we see it, Ryan, as you know, throughout the league, right, where different players will initiate offense. We saw Jaeger after last night's loss saying that Bogdan Bogdanovich would initiate offense. So he can also play off the ball. But when you're running as frequently as Sacramento is, when you're running on makes, uh, you know, Fox is really the guy that they're going to lean on and push pace. And and frequently we see a drop-off in that pace when he's not on the floor. So I think that, you know, he certainly is a guy that uh, is the leader, has the talent and the ability and really, the sky's the limit for uh, De'Aaron Fox, particularly as he develops the ability to shoot the three ball. And then the opposition, guess what? You know all about this in the Bay Area. When you cannot go under the pick and roll, that becomes even more deleterious to your defensive efforts. Ooh. And as Fox develop, develops that, uh, it'll be even tougher to defend Sacramento. But again, defense has got to become paramount for them to sustain their success that they've enjoyed over the first quarter of the season. Yeah, no, and that's it, man. I, you know, I, I talk about this a lot, Bill, what, what we see with the Golden State Warriors. You know, a lot of teams in the NBA can score, but the Warriors actually defend. And when it's the, the critical moments in basketball games, they'll be content to go back and forth with you for a while, but you don't go on all these ridiculous runs, uh, you know, 18 to 2, 21 to 4, if you're not getting stops. And uh, for a young basketball team to be able to, to quote my friend Bob Fitzgerald, to turn off the faucet when it matters most, you have to have that defensive acumen. You know, I was looking back, uh, 
uh, Bill, looking at the, the the Kings the last several years, and we know it's been bad, but I didn't realize they hadn't had a winning a coach with a winning a winning record since Rick Adelman. I mean, it's been that long. Where is the the fan base at right now? Just kind of collectively. I mean, this is a positive start to the season, but I imagine there's a certain level of cynicism as well. I mean, are they are they up for the growing pains of this team? As long as they see progress, uh, what's the pulse of the Sacramento Kings fan base right now? Well, I think that the thing that the fly in the ointment, right, has been this consternation between the front office and Dave Yeager that was reported, uh, you know, about three weeks or so ago. And that recently Sam Amick said that Yeager wanted Brandon Williams, the assistant GM, out of the shoot around. So I think the fan base kind of feels like, can we not just enjoy some success without <laughs> distraction, right? right that, yeah. that, that kind of uh, has plagued Sacramento. So I, I think the other interesting dynamic about the Kings is that they are striving, and they did this when they extended Jaeger and they, uh, excuse me, picked up the option on Jaeger and extended Divac, having both of them under contract now through 2020. So they're trying to do this in a way that sends a message to every constituency, the fan base, prospective player, uh, prospective draft picks, prospective free agents, and their representation, their agents, that we are for real, we're really changing the culture. So ironically, you get a win over the Spurs, and Greg Popovich praises the franchise, the culture's changed, et cetera. And then a couple of days later, you get this report, they want to whack Jaeger, similar to Malone when they get off to a good start. Yeah. So I think the fan base is just frustrated that they see the progress. They're very uh, optimistic, sanguine about the future of this young core. But then why are we being weighed down by this drama, which is unnecessary? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I think totally. It's mixed emotions. I think it's mixed emotions uh, for the fan base. And all of a sudden you see, this is why I advocated for trading DeMarcus Cousins early on. You were, I remember. I think it's... I think in Sacramento, you know, what they want to see is a a core of players that plays hard, not a slight on Cousins. The team was very dysfunctional, the organization and what have you. So anyway, it it just continues to be somewhat of a mixed bag in California's capital city with the team and this franchise. What do you think they're missing right now as far as personnel? What's one area? You mentioned the defense. I mean, is it getting one of those sandpaper-type stoppers down in the paint? Uh, What is the one thing you think that maybe uh, the one kind of player that they need to acquire, maybe not a specific player, but a type of player, maybe take this team to the next level? Yeah, you know, listen, there are reports now that they're interested in Otto Porter, who they courted a couple of years ago, and he ended up signing an offer sheet with Brooklyn, but was retained by Washington. And I think, Ryan, what they need is defenders, people that will have the ability to stay in front of people, keep them out of the paint. Uh, You know, also their roster is laden with bigs. You know, there are more bigs, but they do have uh, perimeter players. But I would kind of lean towards – you know, look at the Lakers, right, and the simple acquisition of Tyson Chandler, and all of a sudden you've got another basket protector, right, alongside JaVale McGee. Well, alongside maybe not. You know, they don't frequently play together, but you get my point. And now we're seeing, you know, uh, Noah being signed by Memphis. So I think they just need some flat-out defenders, uh, and perhaps on the veteran side that can kind of bring that type of mentality uh to the team because I think defensively uh, that's going to be big for them. 
you know, I think they can sustain probably playing at this offensive pace throughout the season. But again, you know, in their losses, I tweeted out the other night, I mean, they're trending towards giving up like 125 in their losses, yeah. which, you know, you just, you just like, as you mentioned earlier, you just can't do that. So I think it's that type of personnel that they, that they really need to round out this roster. Uh, last night, they got after it with the, uh, the L.A. Clippers. And like you said, too many points allowed. But man, the Clippers, you talk about a surprise. I, I, I don't think anybody feels like the Clippers are going to be perched up atop the West. We you know once the Warriors get back healthy. And by the way, that number 30, uh, he'll be back tomorrow. So there's that. Uh, but boy, the, the L.A. Clippers, I got to admit, I didn't see this coming. I mean, you know, it's definitely not your older brother's Clippers. Jordan's gone. Griffin's gone. Chris Paul's gone. Uh, but there they are hanging tough. Uh, what'd you see from the Clippers? You, you know, they, you have to give Doc Rivers a lot of credit. And, you know, I think we've got to get away from, right? And we see this with Year and with Malone, right? Malone in Sacramento was a defensive coach. I'm using the air quotes, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. And Yeager was a grit and grind coach in Memphis. Now, Sacramento is playing fast. Denver has great offense. And I think the same with Doc Rivers. He's just doing a terrific job with this group. This is a team that has hovered around being in the top 10 in offensive and defensive rating all season long. Uh, you know, guys like Montrez Harrell, Tobias Harris, Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly. And again, I think one of the things that sometimes we forget, and Memphis may be the best example, is how key health is. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you've got Patrick Beverly healthy, and you'll see tomorrow with Detroit, that triumvirate of Reggie Jackson and also, uh, of course, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond being healthy, and the great job Dwayne Casey has done there. So I, I think for the Clippers, uh, again, a, a number of surprises throughout the league, but I think one of the conversations that I'm sure we had back around the time of the draft was I saw improvement throughout the West systemically. Look at Dallas, uh, despite their loss to L.A. tonight. They, they've improved with Doncic. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. goes off in Brooklyn tonight. I mean, Memphis yeah. was down by seven with 30 seconds to go, and they win in double overtime. So I think one of the lessons we're learning is that as soon as you think you know everything, you know nothing. To and no we've doubt. seen it with the, with, the, with the Warriors, right? I mean, yeah. who would have forecasted the uh, internal squabbles, the injuries, and what have you. So, again, the NBA is unforgiving. This schedule is inexorable, relentless. And if you think any night is a gimme, just look at what happened, Phoenix and Milwaukee, the other night yeah. where Phoenix comes away with a two-point victory, right? Yeah. Upset. No, you're right about that, and that's why it's so funny. By the way, we're talking to Bill Horenda, our friend up in Sacktown on KMBR tonight, Ryan Covey with you. Uh, my boys are always texting me because, you know, I work in sports, so somehow I, I have, like, some, you know, a special insight into the uh, the outcomes of these games, and, you know, we're all guessing, and they say, who do you like in this game? And I say, don't bet the NBA. That's what I like. I mean, you just you don't know who the hell's going to win night in and night out. But I guess that's what they want. That's parody. Uh, last night, talk about what they want, boy. If I'm Commissioner Silver, that Raptors Warriors game, uh, go ahead and file that as Exhibit A as to what they want the NBA to look like on a nightly basis when possible. That was incredible. Watching KD and Kawhi just creating their own shots, going back and forth, hitting one big bucket after another, had enough defense in it to make it interesting on both ends of the floor. But that was a hell of a basketball game, Bill. And, Ryan, we're not even into December I know. yet. Right? I, know. I mean, well, it's tomorrow, December 1st. So, yeah, it's, you know – 
here's the thing. You know, when you think about uh, Kawhi Leonard, number one, being healthy, number two, being engaged. And, you know, I think the the stat that came out recently, right, is that he's gotten more steals and personal fouls in his career. Wow. I mean, it's just un- uncanny, right? Uncanny. And I... I, I I I, uh, apologize for not being able to cite the source of that statistic because whoever came up with that is really doing uh, Bill Horenda. Bill Horenda came up with it. (laughs) (laughs) I I I certainly can't take credit for that. But, you know, you're right. I mean, uh, what uh, special players, special matchups. And I always think about, you know, UB Brown says in the NBA, players win games. And coaches lose games. And it's the exact wow. opposite. It's the exact opposite in high school and college. Sure, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you have to think, you have to always think about what are teams' records in clutch games, right? Sure. Uh, what, what, what happens over the last six minutes? And the keys, can I get my top three guys in areas on the floor where they're most effective that night, right? And identifying who your closer is. And how does UB Brown, UB Brown define a closer? He wants the shot. Yeah. He can make the shot. He, he can make free yeah. throws. He can create. He can create. Right. If he's double teamed. So there are all those all those dynamics that go into late game uh, scenarios that really illuminate the best coaching and the best players in the league. And we saw that, uh, you know, last night. In Toronto, what a great job Nick Nurse has done. Wow. And he's the guy, of course, he's been on Dwayne Casey's staff. He changed the shot spectrum last year. But now the way he's managing uh, Siakam and Ibaka and with Valanchunas, you know, tweaking that starting lineup, uh, he's done a, a terrific a terrific job there. Uh, and I think it's just fascinating with the Warriors, Ryan, because, you know, as soon as this happened, you know, you think, listen, this is not the first time, nor will be the last time teammates have gone at it. Is this for Golden State a bump in the road or the beginning of an implosion? Yeah. And you've got to think it's the former. You know what I mean? Yo. I think you know, you know that's deal. Uh, but uh, that was a special night last night, no question about it. What a terrific league, great players, and uh, and it's still so early on. Yeah, and uh, Pascal Siaka, man, boy, that guy's game has come along. And it was just, I hadn't got to see him play much this year, but that was absolutely incredible. That game was so good last night. After the show, Bill, I went home and watched it again because I was just like, I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything. And uh, like I said, that's just a showcase for the NBA. And, you know, you talk about the Golden State Warriors. Is this a bump in the road or the beginning of the end of the road? Uh, Look, Draymond Green to me is a guy that I think everybody on that team understands the the value that he brings. He's, uh, in my opinion, probably one of the most irreplaceable players in the game. I mean, even if they lost Curry or Clay or even KD for that matter for an extended period, if they had everybody else, they could still win basketball games. Maybe not a title, but they could still win a lot of basketball games. You lose Draymond Green, that defensive identity, and you talk about uh, teams that can close in close games in the fourth quarter. Getting stops is the key, and Draymond Green is the catalyst for that. I, I got this feeling that... The other players on the team that have been there with Draymond for a while tend to cut him more slack because they know, hey, that's just Draymond being Draymond. But with KD only being there for a couple of years, and albeit they've been through a lot, won a, you know, won a couple of titles, I just feel like KD, because of his station in the NBA and because he hasn't been there with Draymond from the beginning, doesn't feel like Draymond Green can tell him anything. Uh, what do you think? Well, I, I, I listen, I definitely agree with you that the meek may inherit the earth, okay? 
but they're not going to win the championship. <laughs> and I think that, that is the distinguishing factor with Green is that he plays with an edge, okay? He's got the mental toughness, and he's going to push the limit in every direction, okay, against the opposition, against the officials, and even internally. So the irony here is that when you're somewhat concerned about regular season apathy, right? We heard Kurt talk about changing up shoot-around. Maybe sometimes we're not going to have a shoot-around. Now all of a sudden you've got a scenario where you've got kind of a unifying deal, that being can we put our egos aside and knock down – anything that gets in the way of winning. Now, I'm not in the Warriors' locker room, right? But I would bet that to a man, to a person, individually and collectively, they're going to recognize we've got something special here. We're going to keep it going. And we're not going to let this uh, internal deal uh, distract us more from the objective, right? Winning another championship. And the other thing, Ryan, is this. Every team, okay, has some type of dysfunction. Some just hide it better than others, You're okay? Right. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a reality. So from that standpoint, I think, yeah, this becomes, you know, a bump in the road. And, uh, you know, look at what the Warriors are, did last night without Green, right, without Curry, how tough they are, how tough it was for Toronto to get that win right. without these guys. So, again, Houston was within, you know, pretty close to knocking them off last year. That's why, despite uh, the era of the super team, you just never know what's going to happen in, in the NBA. And it's a marathon. It's, not a, it's certainly not a sprint. But, uh, but I, I think those guys will work it out, and it'll be fascinating to see how the rest of the season plays out for them. Yep, NBA's on fire. Plenty of compelling storylines. There's star power galore. It's just a, a great time in the NBA. And uh, for the sake of the folks up in SAC, let's hope the Sacramento Kings can come and join the party. Hell, Bill, it's going to be December 1st here in a couple minutes. Sacramento Kings, better record than the San Antonio Spurs. No big deal. <laughs> you gotta act like you've been there before. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, play it cool, right? No need for a big end zone celebration. Do the Barry Sanders and hand the ball to the official. That's how we get down. Hey, Bill, man, really appreciate your time. Have a great holiday, and we'll do it again soon. Thanks for coming on late, brother. Absolutely. Anytime, Ryan. My pleasure. All right, good stuff. Bill Horrenda up in Sacktown, man. And I'll tell you, those poor Kings fans up there in Sack, I'm going to jump on there and say thanks. There we go. Let's thank Bill. Absolutely. Uh, good stuff, man. Appreciate him coming on on the late night. And Sacramento Kings, hey, there's some talent there, man. Uh, Marvin Bagley, De'Aaron Fox, Bogdanovich, they could play a little bit. And I do think uh, they do need that that piece of grit, that piece of sandpaper. Maybe they're Draymond Green. Uh, and those guys, you know, they're, they're – they're not a whole hell of a lot of them out there. I mean, maybe a guy like Otto Porter Jr., I'll call him kind of a poor man's Draymond. You know, you got think about what the acquisition of P.J. Tucker did for the Rockets last year. Just having those guys that are willing to sacrifice on the defensive end. They don't need a ton of run offensively. Uh, they're just there to be complimentary pieces, help get stops, and kind of, you know, set that tone, set that mentality for the team. And uh, once they get that, I mean, they've got some talent up there. And uh, I think Yeager's a decent coach. So, yeah, I look back. Uh, not since Rick Adelman have they had a coach with a winning record. George Carl uh, had the best winning percentage since then in his 112 games, 393 for George Carl. That was the best uh, since uh, since Rick Adelman. So there you go. All right, uh, coming up top of the hour, we'll play Puff Puff Pass. It's KMBR tonight right here on the Sports Center.